Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you've been listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically wherever you get your podcasts from. I am Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul, Nick, and Dave. And tonight, tonight, my friends, we're joined by Kendra, the Potion Master. She has finally returned. Lounge. The Potion Master has returned. Yeah. All hail the queen. <laughs> and also by very special guest, that maestro of Matafina, that master of flannel, the owner of 724 Cigars, Kurt Kendall. Kurt Kendall himself. Yes. Woo. Live audience is active tonight. Thanks for being with us, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, Appreciate you, you guys. You're welcome. I mean, you sponsor us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my friends, tonight's show explores a topic that has come up repeatedly on the show, and that is just how much does a ring gauge affect the experience of the tobacco blend that you are smoking? And we're going to look into that ourselves tonight by smoking two sizes from Kurt's uh, 724-1874 series, the Gagger, which we are smoking first, and the Lancero, which we're going to smoke in the second half of the show. Um, Kurt, before we get into the cigar, do you want to tell us a little bit about the 1874 line? and Where does that name come from? There's a lot of numbers in that. There's a lot of numbers. There's yeah. a lot of numbers in general in our whole branding, <laughs> which uh, never really dawned on me until I actually put it into place. But 1874 is the year that uh, our cigar brand started. In uh, 1874 at 724 Elm Street, Manchester, New Hampshire, which is only a few miles from here. Right. The brand was started by R.G. Sullivan. And I wanted to uh, bring our third brand to the market with uh, a little bit of meaning so mm. people understood, uh, you know, the brand and when it started. That's how that came about. Nice. All right. Now... The Gagger is one of two sizes, along with the Toro, that's relatively new, right? That Those line extensions came out a year ago? Yes. So uh, originally we had a Corona Gorda, mm-hmm. a Robusto, and a Torpedo. A torpedo, yeah. And afterwards we uh, introduced the Lancero, mm-hmm. and we introduced this 60 ring gauge uh, we call the Gagger. And in the Toro, that's right. That's right. Thanks for reminding. Now, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> now, um, when you revamped this, the blend got tweaked too. Am I remembering correctly? It did get tweaked a little bit. This is 
mostly uh, tobacco from Nicaragua. Okay. Uh, it, it does have an Indonesian binder, which mm -hmm. we have a specific way that we like to uh, ferment that tobacco, give it a little unique flavor. The goal was we didn't want to have a Nicaraguan cigar that tasted like everybody else's. Right, right, right. So what do you do different to age that the binder of that cigar? That's top secret. That's top secret. And that's not just blowing smoke, people. It's tough secret. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we're not going to get into that. All right. And so the Gordo is the, the 6 by 60 size in that line. And uh, Kendra, we have a uh, drink here. Old Forester, right? We're, we're drinking with this. What's, what, are we, what are we drinking? It is so good to see you here. I know. Welcome <laughs> back. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So... <laughs> I know with these headphones, I feel like I'm like whispering. Speak <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>. up. <laughs> so tonight we are having the new Old Forester single barrel, barrel proof, oh. um, the 724 barrel pick. So it's fabulous. And what I would say mm. is that at 129 proof, oh, yeah. 129 Jeez. proof, Whoa, you yes. wouldn't know it though. Oh, it it oh, tastes like know. it's a hundred proof to me. Um, so good. It, it really is good. Uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with how smooth it is at 129 proof. I, I haven't needed to put water, ice, anything. I, I think it's really enjoyable, neat. Um, so what I'm getting from this guys is very, very sweet nose. Mm -hmm. A lot of like toffee, kind of caramel in the nose, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the palate. Caramel toffee. Yeah. Caramel toffee. Caramel toffee, toffee, yes. And then on the palate, <laughs> a lot of spice, like black pepper spice. Yes. Mm. So um, good. Get that nice long finish. It does mm -hmm. have a nice long finish. Yep. Some nice sweetness in there too. Yeah. Really, really nice. And then on my, my first thought of the pairing, um, it's bringing out like some, some leathery notes. Mm. Especially in the retro hail, you like that, Dan? I do the like red, it. The, the retro, retro hail, hail. yeah. Next week, she'll be referring to it as the retro. <laughs> the retro. Yep, yep. Now, Dave, do you remember there was a time where if we had given this to you, you would have passed out on. The I would have been all dollar face. You would have been. Like, yeah. You would have been. Now, now, thrown up. Now yeah. you're not even. You're not even. Not even phased by it at all. Taking no. it. Taking it like a man. No, I was thinking about it too because I'm like, you know, we just had old tub and that's a hundred proof, mm. and I was just like, you know, wow, what a, what it, you know, they're both remarkably smooth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. So a little bit um, of history with Old Forester. We've probably shared this before in past shows, maybe with our other, other single barrel, but what's really cool about the Old Forester brand, it is the longest running bourbon brand in production. So they ran mm. all throughout Prohibition, which is pretty cool. They were, they were producing, they were bottling. So it, it really is the oldest bourbon brand um and and their line of bourbons mm -hmm. um it, it's it's really cool that the way they do um there's like a whole timeline like for example their 1910 bottle that is the exact mash bill that they used in 1910 and so on they have a 1910 and 1920 and they really go down the whole history of their brand that's so really cool so there's a little bit of history with every bottle from them which which i like that's great they don't have an 1874 though 
No, <laughs> they don't. Shame on them. Exactly. Fortunately, we do. And we can pair it with it. So <clears throat> what are um, your initial thoughts on the pairing here, uh, Nick? It's good smoke. That sounds very typically Nick. It's a good smoke. <laughs> it was very municipal. Dave, what, what about you? Yeah. Um, a lot of leather, some earth. Um, not much else, huh? It's very smooth. It is very smooth. Well, it's also got that. like, I feel like right after you exhale, you get like a little bit of pepper and then it goes away. Mm. Um, and it matches kind of perfectly with the drink, with what I think Kendra was saying with that little bit of pepper that's in the back. It's a really good pairing. Paul, what do you think? The 1874 was one of my favorite cigar lines in the 724 catalog. Mine as well. Yep. And so I got a lot of cedar, earth, wood, mild pepper, mm -hmm. and just a little bit of vanilla out of this. Vanilla. Ooh, vanilla. Yes. Vanilla. yes. Mm. Incredib incredibly That's smooth, like that though. sweetness. I can, see, I can see where you're getting the vanilla yeah. from. Incredibly smooth. Like I said, mild pepper on the exhale, but a nice, smooth, rich spice on the retrohale. As long mm. as you don't say frosted cheerios. Absolutely not. Fine. Nope. No, <laughs> no cereal here. No cereal here. No. <laughs> now, what do you think of the pairing here? And now, is this the first time you've had the gagger size of the 1874 line? Well, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you can be honest, Kurt. Well, obviously, when we uh, introduced this line, mm -hmm. you know, I've smoked them then. Yeah. But on a regular basis, no, I do not smoke this. I'm not typically a 60 ring gauge guy. Mm -hmm. I like to stick 50 and under and probably uh, the mid 40 ring gauge. That's what I like. You know, the uh, the combination of these two together with the foolproof whiskey and uh, this Nicaraguan tobacco, I think really complements each other well. I do get a lot of the that black pepper yeah. from the whiskey finish. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that the 1874 blend especially with the narrower ring gauges, which we'll experience mm. later, had a lot of white pepper. Mm. So we're kind of a bit of a pepper blend, so mm. to speak. Yeah, it's, pepper time. it's it's got that spice, but it is not over the top. It's very, very, it's very pleasant. And with the cedar and wood and uh, those sweet kind of vanilla notes that I think Paul was talking about, it really, it really goes very well. I think this whiskey... You know, as uh, it's high proof as it is, mm -hmm. is very smooth. Mm -hmm. I've noticed lately as I drink whiskey, this might sound a little odd, but <laughs> it might not be. I don't know. Mm. But if I take in as much whiskey as the amount of saliva in my mouth and blend the two together, mm -hmm. it's oddly unbelievable. So how do you know how much saliva is in your mouth at any given time? Years of practice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is not just blowing smoke. Or saliva. That actually saliva. that actually works. Yeah. All right. I now now I have to now I have to try it. Yeah, it is really, really it, it cuts down a little bit on the on the pepper notes. Mm. So you get more mm. of that nice deep rich flavor. Yeah. yeah. These are these little hints, these little life hacks for bourbon drinking <laughs> and cigar smoking that you just won't get anywhere else. There's no other podcast where you can find this stuff. Now, you've already basically admitted that 
6x60 larger ring gauge cigars are not your thing. There had not been a 660 in this lineup until last year, and yet you decided in your infinite wisdom to add it. What made you want to add this particular size to that line? Sales. <laughs> He's a smart man. He's a smart man. Robusto, Toro. In a word, the Gordo cash. or 660 mm-hmm. is the, the most like popular <laughs> uh, selling size in America that I know of. Yeah, it's true. As much as I'd like to have all narrow ring gauges or even a series with, because initially that's what this was going to be. Mm. It's uh, dollars and cents, a little bit of business, and, uh, you know, it's necessary, so. Well, I think it's, you know, it's, 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 too, you're, you know, blending for your, your audience, and, and, you know, what are they going to smoke, and what do they want, and, you know, when we're doing this, you don't necessarily just do everything you would like, unless you're Steve Saka, but, you know. Sakalicious. Sakalicious. Do we have any Saka stuff on the uh, soundboard, Dave? No? Nope. No. Just on my head. <laughs> Just on your head. Sticker. All right. Now, another thing about that. Where did you come up with the calling this the gagger? Well, that's a bit of a Rhode Island story. So back when we initially launched the 724 brand, mm-hmm. I had four or five sizes. We're going into our 15th year, so my memory is uh, depleting. Mm. But I was in Rhode Island doing an event, and we had a Robusto, a Torpedo, a Grand Toro, and one other size. Oh, the uh, Churchill. The Churchill. And as we're in Rhode Island, everybody is asking for a 660. I have a 56 ring gauge Grand Toro, and they don't want it. They want a 60 ring gauge. So... The event's over. We went out that night. We went to Olneyville, uh, which is a famous Rhode Island establishment where they sell these. They're not hot dogs. They're hot wieners. <laughs> they're small, small. They're small hot dogs <laughs> in a roll with this, like, meat sauce, not to be confused with chili. Okay. And some other junk on it. So I had my first hot wieners that night, and the guy, when they make it, they put it up their arm, and they put the stuff on it. Anyways, the next morning, I ran into my sales rep again as he picked me up, and he says, oh, I understand uh, you had some gaggers last night. I'm like, gaggers? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Did you go get some uh, gaggers at, in Oleville? And I'm like, we had hot wieners. He said, yeah, that's a slang for hot wieners. So... I kind of put that in place with the uh, thought of making a 60 ring gauge cigar, and that's how that came about uh, when we introduced the 60 ring. <laughs> From wieners to gaggers. <laughs> Kendra, well, you've, uh, you're looking very, uh, that's a very interesting expression you have. It's <laughs> a wonderful story. <laughs> Now, sausage rope. Or, yeah. What? What's your go-to size cigar? Well, typically, 
I like a 46 ring gauge, mm -hmm. 47. I do like a Lancero often, mm -hmm. uh, which our Lanceros are a 38 ring gauge. I smoke our Landres, which is a 40 ring gauge, a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, I will smoke a 50 or a, you know, occasional uh, Churchill or Robusto. Not much larger than that. Okay, that's where you go, and, and, and but typically you won't go outside of that. Typically not, no. Typically not. Now, Paul, what about you? What's 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 your go-to ring gauge? My go-to ring gauge is mostly a Toro size. Mm -hmm. I will go to a 60 ring for certain brands. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about that before, the certain brands that I actually like, uh, a 60 ring or a double Toro uh, in place of the smaller ring gauges. But for the most part, a Toro is my go-to size. And a Toro being, what, 50 to 56? Yeah, 54, 56 ring gauge, yeah. So... You'd prefer somewhere 54, 56. Correct. Yep. Okay. Now, do you want to do you want to take a swing at that, Kendra? Or no. Do you want, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't blame you. There's all sorts of bad things that can happen with that. Uh, it's there. <laughs> yes. Nick, what about you? Do you um, I usually size. I usually elevate towards the 60 ring gauge. I kind of came into being um, when I started smoking. And I had my first 660, which was the EP Carrillo Inch, mm -hmm. which I think is bigger than a 60. So I think it's a, what, 60? It's a 64. 64. So 64. And after that, I was just hooked. So for me, I still dabble around in, you know, a Lancero. I love Lanceros, Coronas, Toros, Churchills. Yeah, we know. You smoke everything. I smoke everything. You smoke everything. But what I always come back to is a nice 660. Now, what about the larger ring gauge attracts you back to that size? I don't know. It fits in my hand very nicely. I like the hand feel. You like the hand feel. And the mouth feel. And the mouth feel. Yes. It, it's... Thank you for not making me ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what about yourself? Me, I prefer... My favorite size is uh, Corona. Oh. I love the Coronas. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, I feel like you get the, the best... Uh, ratio between wrapper binder and filler with it for me um for me like my uh like the superfly corona i think is night and day difference it is yeah. you know between any of the other cigars in the line uh my favorite size in the hustler is the corona gorda yeah mm, i just i just think it comes that whole line is alive in that cigar i love it yep yep yeah it's funny you know when i you know was a consumer the 60 ring gauge cigar tended to be where I spent most of my time. I can't tell you, Kurt, how many LFD double the hero diggers I've smoked in my life. Uh, too many to count. Uh, That's I, a popular one. It's a very popular cigar. I one time uh, back in 2012, I uh, drove the family from here down to Orlando for a family vacation. And I decided to just go straight through the night. I drove all 22-something hours. And I can tell you for a fact that Orlando is five double diggers and two bowls <laughs> wow. of pipe tobacco from here. That's Windows how far up. it is. Uh, always, always up. My God. <laughs> but it, it's thing, well, you know, smoking the cigar kept me from eating. That's true. It is it a keep, suppressant. It kept me for, and so it was something to do. It helped keep me awake, kept me going. 
but now that I've been, you know, it's been five, six years, I've been back in the, in the cigar business doing retail and stuff like that. And I have found myself going, you know, in, into the smaller ring gauges and appreciating that the Corona's Corona Gorda's, um, shorter cigars, um, that tends to be where I'm at, you know, so I, I'm still around the, to you know, Toro size, kind of like Paul is, you know, I'm very comfortable there, but I've, I have a whole new appreciation for Lancero, um, Panatella's, uh, um, Corona's, and I have a brand new appreciation for those having been really having to smoke, you know, what we're selling. It really has shown me that, uh, just because you, get a huge cigar for your money doesn't mean you're getting great the best flavor for that money or experience for that money mm -hmm. now um so i typically am not smoking 60 ring gauge cigars anymore no and i i can't tell you the last time i had a digger it's been an awful long time i think i burned myself out on them Good i can tell you how many i've smoked yeah none Maybe one. One. That's a strong. I do love yeah. that blend, though. That is a unbelievable full-bodied blend of tobacco. Now that's something else too. You're not a, a really strong cigar guy. You you prefer more of a medium-bodied, medium-strength cigar. I really Typically do. speaking, right? And most of the cigars we make are medium-bodied, right full-flavored cigars. Mm -hmm really didn't want to eliminate anyone from smoking any of our blends. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to, we use that term uh, blended for every palate. Uh, basically wanted people to be able to enjoy any blend we had, whether you smoke mild cigars, medium or full body, they offered enough flavor. That was what the goal is. Mm. Unique blends uh, that people would enjoy. Well, the 1874 certainly is that for me. I, I love a stronger, fuller-bodied cigar, but the 1874, especially the Toro, is my favorite in that series. Yeah. Uh, I, that cigar is just out of this world. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I've been smoking the Corona lately. We mm. we resized the Corona about almost two years now mm -hmm. into a true Corona rather than a Corona Gorda, and I've been smoking a lot of them. They're really good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they are. All right. I, I need to ask this question. And you'll Don't find out why I'm asking it. Why, why are you asking this question? Here's the question. Is, and this is for everybody. This okay. is just for Kurt. Is your Christmas stuff up yet? Have you decorated your house for Christmas? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he pleads the fifth. Mostly... No, but a little bit of yes. Yes, there is. Something has started. Yes. Something has started. Yes, there is a little bit of color going up the staircase. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of uh, glimmer on the mantle. Glimmer right. on the mantle, color on the staircase. Little elf on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> he's, hold, he's holding a 724. I do not have a tree up yet. You do not have a tree up yet. Okay. But in typical New Hampshire fashion, I will get a real tree. Nice. And uh, I'll put on a different color flannel and make that happen. <laughs> Kendra? No. No? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is up. Why, gonna... why is nothing up? I'm 
just gonna call 2020 uh donezo <laughs> really yeah. not even gonna put up a little tree well charlie brown style i don't do it every year honestly sometimes i host christmas and this year i'm not and it's just my husband and i and no one really comes over so and the dogs don't care they don't yeah <laughs> that's just another tree for them to you know yeah. to eat <laughs> yeah. leg. Paul. If it was up to my girlfriend, it would have been up the day after Labor Day. But uh, I had to compromise. But yes, uh, we 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 put it up the day after Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So usually the Friday after is when we put up all our Christmas uh, paraphernalia, and it stays up long after the first of January. Long after the. We're first. probably looking closer to the first of February before we pull it down. Wow. She loves this time of year, so mm-hmm. I have to have to bend. Yes. Yes. But not yeah. break. But, see, normally Christmas isn't my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving is. But since Thanksgiving is such a short period, mm-hmm. I, made it, I made a commitment that this year it was going, I was going to really get into it. And I am into it this year. He even started playing Christmas I got, music I got, yeah, before well, I got, December. I, no, I played Christmas music, Christmas music the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yep. And oh, yeah. I'm committed. I, I don't care. This year has been such a backwards year. Yeah, this is this is bringing me joy, and you just need to I'm hear absolutely one hundred ten percent into earlier. it. That's it. Paul's I have a smile. In my, I have a smile on my face. No Grinch talk. <laughs> He's full of jolly. Yep, I'm absolutely. I'm I'm into it this year. <laughs> and mistletoe and home. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and having to work with Paul this, in the mornings, I can concur. He's he's been. He's gonna to work with. He's gonna, you, Dave. He's gonna be hanging mistletoe this week, <laughs> right above the doors to the walk-in. Yes. I'm glad I work here at Hookshead. <laughs> um, Nick, what about you? Do you have the uh, Christmas stuff up yet? Everything is up. The outdoor lights. Outdoor. Outdoor What do you lights. think he's been doing the last five days he's been off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work, work, work. Well, Nick, these the lights are going to hang themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the missus is, uh, she, can be, uh, she can be a, a little demanding. Um, a little. But Christmas lights are up. We bought a 12-foot Christmas tree, real tree that I cut down. Um, lights are on. Hawking, eh, hawking. The stockings are hung. Everything. By the chimney with care. By the chimney with care. Everything is up. Lights everywhere. Christmas trees decorated. Got presents under the tree. The dog sleeps under the tree. We got it all. You got it all. We got it all. What about the train? No, we don't have Santa's Village. That was uh, when my mom lived with us for a short period of time. My mom set up a whole village that was twice the size of the table that you're seeing now mm-hmm. that we're sitting at. Um, all ceramic set. That was up at that point. My wife is not a, a Santa Village lady. so. No. But everything else is up. Let me ask you something. Did you have to hang lights on the uh, Turkey Village? <laughs> I won't answer that question at this time. He did. He did. That means he I did. won't. I won't answer that question. Or, or at this he was time. supposed to. to That's what hang lights. I on won't. The chicken coop. I won't answer that question at this time. He pleads the fifth. I do. <laughs> I, I plead the, the fifth. I plead the fifth. Dave, what about you? Do you still have a home? <laughs> almost. Almost. Uh, almost. Almost not. He almost got yeah. kicked out of his apartment today. So, no, I uh, I have a, a, a string of Christmas lights 
going around the inside perimeter of my apartment, and that is it. But isn't that up all the time? No. To kind of, you know, set up your gamer mood stuff? <laughs> no. He's got to set no. the lighting, man. That's it. One one set of lights. No I don't tree. have room. I don't have room for a tree. We're probably maybe we'll get not like even a, little, a small tree. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is we'll maybe maybe we'll get like a small little Charlie Bound tree. Charlie Bound. Charlie Bound. Charlie Bound. Charlie Bound. Charlie Bound tree. Charlie Bound. Dave, do you have any ornaments or anything to? No. 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 Dave, I got something to spare. I'll bring them over. Did we all throw in a little donation to Dave's? Uh... Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna set up a GoFundMe account yeah. for Dave's Christmas. Yep. Nick's gonna donate some chickens. No, I won't. <laughs> no, no. Chickens are not up for I'll take that for waddling turkey. No. <laughs> All right. So I don't have anything up this year. Oh, are you gonna put anything up this year? I have not decided. Come on. Christmas past us has never been my thing. Why? Well, Christmas is so a long fun, time man. ago. <laughs> oh, here we go. Tell us a story, Dave. At 1984, at 4 o'clock in the morning, you burnt the house a down? strip wire under a Christmas tree rug on the first floor of our three-floor house burst at the bottom floor Christmas tree on fire. Luckily, me and my sister were up because she had to call a friend in Switzerland. It was 8 o'clock there when it was like 4 or 3 o'clock here. And uh, we heard him smashing the windows and uh, yelling fire, God. fire, fire. So me and my sister ran down to the end of the street where the fire alarm pole was and uh, did that. By the time I got, we got back to the house, mo- most everybody was out, and it was completely ablaze. Oh, and, my God. And, and the, really, the end of the street was not that far away, maybe 60 seconds. So in a matter of minutes. The whole house was up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was it a fake tree or a real tree? It was a real tree. Yep. It was a real tree. Uh, we rented out the first floor to tenants. They had uh, the Christmas tree, the lights in the windows, the stereo system, the TV, all on one cord Yeah. that they had going underneath their rug and then had a party on it. And uh, that basically burrowed a... Burned a hole right through the wood floor, right up to the Christmas tree, which then exploded. <clears throat> so sorry for your loss. My my side of the story is while Dave was yelling and screaming on the second floor, finding <laughs> out what was going on, I was sick in bed on the third floor, where my bedroom was, and uh, uh, my mom was in the bedroom across. Uh, the hall for me and says, Danny, what is all that noise down there? What are David and Rebecca fighting about? I said, probably arguing over presents. Uh, I just want to sleep. But as I listened, I heard them saying, fire, fire, get out of the house. Oh. So I got up and, you know, at the time I'm 14, I have a rep. I'm not going outside in my pajamas. So I got dressed. Bloody slippers on? I, uh, yeah, no, I got dressed. And by the time I finished getting dressed, which did not take long because the adrenaline just kicked whatever it was and was making me ill out of my system, um, I uh, got dressed and I could no longer see in front of my face. Wow, that's crazy. And met my mother in the hall and ran down the stairs. I went right, she went left and ran through the living room. I could see flames going here and there and down the kitchen, out the front door and 
out of the house. My mom came out the other way. So yes, she did make it out of the house. Nice. And, um, uh, but we all, we all made it, you know, which was, uh, except for grandma. Blessing. Well, she, she, yeah, grandma died. Well, she was in the house later. because, was, you know, she was asleep smoke. and yeah. then the fire oh. fireman had to go in through a window and hack it open. Cause she was a hefty lady and, uh, brought her out through the window. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. brother. But that started a long chain of Christmas not being my favorite thing. And uh, now, in my house, my one of my kids, Anna, my middle daughter, is all about Christmas. As a matter of fact, one of her favorite things is listening to Christmas music. Now, she's been in the hospital for several weeks. And so, without her influence on the rest <laughs> of us, there has been absolutely... No, no one has said anything about putting anything up. It's never even been a question. So it's, it's just been funny. So we have, we have a pre-lit fake tree up in the attic. We could pull it down, set it up, I suppose. Pull it, pull it down. But I, you know, you know, something I just don't. Come I on, Danny. I just it's Christmas, man. <clears throat> if I pull it down, that means at some point I have to put it back. I'd rather just not put it back. I'd rather just leave it there. Now, for, for me, because I was only, I was only. You could nine. put it up and leave it the whole the whole year of twenty one. I was only nine, and for me, it was probably like one of the best Christmases ever, because uh, as the months passed, people, uh, a lot of people organized some stuff, had stuff in the news. We were interviewed, uh, and then it was like all of New England just like donated to us and all these donations went to the police station the police station got overrun with all this stuff one of the the i think the chief's cousins or whatever owned a warehouse in the town they filled that up and i remember being with either my mom and my dad going through this warehouse with all this stuff that had been given to us like i felt like indiana jones and in the and like the place where they put the ark with all these boxes of stuff and they're like you can carry what you can carry out and that's it so to me it was just like holy crap this is awesome <laughs> You know, so I gotten look at all this everything I had ever wanted that year, yes. not on Christmas, but later. Yes. But uh, even even uh, even a uh, my I had this one teddy bear that I had, and he uh, teddy bear. He was a dark he was a dark brown, <laughs> and he got smoked. My parents had gotten rid of it, but they found another teddy bear that was the exact same. Only he was instead of a dark brown, he was a light brown, and he didn't have a T-shirt anymore. So at the time, I thought. He would have been reincarnated if God gave him back to me. <laughs> mm, nice. Yeah. But no, it was, it was pretty special for me, though. But And mom liked it, too, because she got to remodel the house. So. Yes, that's true. Well, it was more than a remodel. Yeah. It was a total do-over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm my. surprised, Pastor. No one's talking about the reason for the season. That's true, too. Yeah. That's true, too. You know, it's a very commercialized thing. Of course, Pastor Padron is, you know, all about, you know, uh, believing in Jesus and everything. That's my thing. That may not be your thing. That's okay. But it's my thing. My and thing, too. It's your thing, too. Yeah. I'm glad. Glad to know that. And, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's funny, though. You know, it's it, it, it's just... You know, working in retail and stuff, it's such a silly season. You know, you're going crazy. Even when you're a pastor, 
you know, when I was paid doing all these extra services and everything, you're like running around like a chicken with your head cut off doing all these things and extra musical stuff. And by the time it's over, you're just ready to collapse, you know? And, uh, you know, so for all those kind of reasons, I've just, you know, Thanksgiving, I love. Mm. And I we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't want to, you know, go back and rehash it, but a holiday where you're focused on being thankful for what you have and the blessings you have and the people in your life who have been in your life and then the food. I don't mind the food. <laughs> who minds the food, you know? But uh, I, I love that, you know. The day after Thanksgiving, the kids start, you know, they hand me five-page lists of what they want for Christmas, and I'm thinking, oh, I got to heat the house. How am I supposed to do this? You know? Need a raise. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. We'll talk about that after the show. Um, now, something else, real quick. We've talked about, you know, real tree or fake tree. Ooh. If you had your druthers to put up, real tree or fake tree? I, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I go both ways. <laughs> Thanks Doctor. for making that confession. <laughs> when it comes to Christmas trees. I go both ways. I've never had a fake tree before, but I think that maybe next time I'm willing to put a tree up, mm-hmm. I might go fake. There's something to be said about, you know, jink, 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 put the branches down, plug it in, boom, done. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. I was at Charlie Moore's house recently. Uh, oh, my gosh. I can imagine to... what's in there. He was filming his uh, holiday show, yeah. and he had the most spectacular fake tree. It's really nice. I know it. Uh, how how big is it? Do you think? Nick's praying it's not higher than twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's eleven and a half feet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I beat him. Yeah. I prefer a real tree myself. I like the aroma. I, I don't love see the any aroma disadvantage tree, other yeah. than. When you take it out of the house and it makes a real mess. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah, it can be. That's where the uh, good Clean quality vacuum weeks. comes in. Yep, that's, that's true, true, too. I see both my sisters, Karen and Kathy, are on watching this uh, <laughs> right now. Decorating tips from Kurt Kendall. Happy holidays, Karen and Kathy. Nice. Nice to see you all. Mm-hmm. Paul, real or fake? I've had both, and uh, i got to tell you, the, the fake tree wins out. Fake tree wins out. Fake Why? tree wins out because you don't have to time it. Usually, with a, a real tree, you you only have a certain amount of weeks before the thing shrivels up and dies. Mm. At least that's my experience. Oh well, yeah. If you and, water it properly, then it won't. Die. Uh, I've watered it. I've put you know the the tree food in it, and it, He's for got some a dog. reason it's it, always it, watered. It, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But no, I, I if you if you want to extend your Christmas holiday season into January, uh, to me a fake tree is really where it's at. That's true. Mm-hmm. You're real. You're a real tree. I'm real. My wife is. Uh, she's all about the fake trees. Um, so we're alternating. Last year we had the fake tree. This year we had the real tree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a little compromise. Huh? A little compromise. You got to compromise when you're when you're when you're married. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I give, I give. You know, so she gets the fake tree next year, which it, it has to be, has to be no less than eleven feet 
because we have high ceilings that we can we can <laughs> why take does advantage it have of that. to be that big she wants a big why tree does it have to be a big tree she wants a big tree and i like big trees the tree that we have Can't is really lie. cool i like big guys i like big trees big i have tires. a big dog i like big dogs big big tv i have 70, a big tv yeah I have, I have a big plow truck as well that big plow truck works when it wants to so okay <laughs> it's a part of that big attitude yeah i suppose but we compromise i love a real tree i love the aroma I, I don't mind taking it in and out um the tree that we got this year wasn't really a lot of a lot of times when you get a real tree you get like the pine needles that are get that get everywhere this year the tree that we got didn't have any uh pine needles that were getting everywhere mm -hmm. um Sad. so i i lucked out with that one but real tree for me all day long Dave, fake, fake, fake. Why He's a phony. Surprised? He's a phony. Have you ever just put a tree like video on your TV and just said, "This is it, boys"? No, no. I mean, the fakest fake tree we ever had <laughs> was fiber optic. Fiber optic. Yeah, it was pretty trippy. How was that? A twelve foot fiber optic? Tree? Oh no, that was a shorty. A shorty. Was, yeah. What's like short? Three feet. Three feet. Yeah. Three feet. <laughs> All right. Add it on the table. Looks like you got a lot of presents that way. Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> Look, your presents are bigger than the tree. I have seen I have seen somebody that did painter's tape as a tree on their wall and then uh, tape the uh the Christmas lights to the painter's tape <laughs> and then plugged it That's in. Epic. That's like the And that was the most fake tree ever. That was the the fakest of the fakest, but wow. it was very very low maintenance. Very low maintenance. Didn't have to water it. Didn't really have to. Didn't have to plug it in. Didn't well. You had to plug it in because well, of the lights, the lights but yeah. you didn't have to box it up. You didn't have to put it away. You just, just get knocked over. Peer, peeled off the painter's tape, and that's it. You're all done. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the first segment here. Paul, what's what's your final thoughts on the uh, Gagger? I think it's been a very very enjoyable cigar. The pairing has brought out a lot more of the earthy wood tones with a little bit of leather. Uh, the cedar sweetness is playing a little bit more of a background note. Uh, the vanilla is no longer present, uh, but the uh, the spice on the retrohale is still very, very smooth, very, very rich. This is a great cigar. Kendra, has it stuck true for you, the pairing here? Yeah, so I gave up on my cigar a little bit. Because, <laughs> oh. no, not because I didn't enjoy it's it. It's so big. She's not a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess... I'm opposite to what Paul said, um, but that could be because I haven't had the cigar much towards the end here, but the the whiskey is getting more sweet. Mm. When I when I was first, you know, enjoying it, there was more leather and spice, and now it's getting sweeter. So so either way, I think it was a good pairing for, for matching the, the flavor profile and the strength. I would agree really with that. Good. I'd yep. agree with that. It was a very good pairing. Dave? I thought it was a very good pairing. It's still pretty much pretty much the same to me. Getting, you know, uh, the earth, leather, and the cedar notes. Um, I'm still getting the pepper from the... From the... Uh, retro? Well, from the retro and from the exhale. Uh, and it's the same Just with retro. the... retro? The, the, <laughs> the, with the liqueur. The liqueur. liqueur. We're not drinking liqueur. We're drinking bourbon. We're drinking bourbon, brother. The liqueur is a different class of uh, something else. I apologize. Yes. You can apologize. I'm used to beer. 
Apology accepted. We used to Sam Adams. Nick. The pairing is is unbelievable. It's really great. With with the cigar being that I always took the cigar as being uh, uh, light to medium body. It's not a heavy cigar. Uh, Kurt's core line is more of a solid medium for me. Yeah. Um, even though this is a light medium cigar for me, very enjoyable. Cedar note, sweetness, got the leather, earth, nice spice on the retro hair, like Paul said earlier. And I thought with the pairing, even though it's 129 proof, thought the. I still can't get over that. I know. It's an unbelievably smooth and it really rounds out the pairing. Really nice. Pastor? Uh, the pairing, I think, was perfect. You know, the the notes in the in the bourbon and the notes in the cigar just really play well together. Uh, I think it, frankly, makes you know uh, the cigar, which is really enjoyable on its own, even more enjoyable. Uh, smooth. It's very creamy. Uh, the I get the cedar and, and wood notes and the sweetness of the of the cigar. Uh, just plays really well with the sweetness of the bourbon it's it's just a great pairing i enjoy it now what did you think this was her idea did she do good she did really good yeah neither one of them uh overpower the other Mm -hmm. the flavors are really nice they do complement each other very nicely it's like you have a puff of the cigar and then you want to go get the bourbon and vice versa i think that's what makes that's a sign of a great pairing yeah Nick can't do that right now because his glass is completely empty. <laughs> of course empty. it is, yes. It's you, you, not a surprise is. to anybody <laughs> no, at no, this table. Not at all. All right. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. Breaky, breaky. When we come back, we're going to light up the 1874 Lancero and see how that uh, change in ring gauge affects our experience with tobacco. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there. And we are now smoking something very, very different. This is a much, (laughs) much smaller cigar ring gauge wise. I mean, look at that. That is, it's it's almost half, almost half the size of the cigar. You know, not quite there. Now, Kurt, you know, what can you tell us about the Lancero here? Is, Is there anything different? About this blend from the Gagger, or is it exactly the same components? Well, it, it's pretty much the exact components, little less ratio, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard to make a Lancero and use as many tobaccos as we do in some of these blends. Mm-hmm. But we try to incorporate <coughs> the same blend, Corona. different ratio. Now, Kendra, what are we pairing with this? We now have a delicious little cocktail in front of us in these fancy glasses so this is a new cocktail at the lounge called the evening melange evening melange i wonder who named that oh i wonder who came up with that beautiful name i know huh my god so this cocktail is made with Belmead bourbon Mm -hmm. which is pretty new to new hampshire um another cool story so Belmead was It's from the Nelson Greenbrier Distillery, which went out of business in Prohibition. So that um, opposite to Old Forester, um, they were just brought back into business 
by the great-grandchildren. So they restarted the family business, making bourbon, and um, it's a really, really uh, great bourbon at value price and really happy to pick it up at the lounge. It, it makes a great cocktail. Mm -hmm. It's a great sipping bourbon for sure. Um, yeah, all around good stuff. And the drink that we have tonight is made with, let's see, we have a, the Bellmead bourbon. The It's a smoked black tea mm -hmm. with toffee and burnt sugar notes that our wonderful customer Heather gave me yeah. an almond syrup and a dash of chocolate bitters. I can oh, taste, I can taste the chocolate, yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's definitely nice. going to be a contrasting pairing. It's yeah. a little bit on the sweeter side, and I can already tell it kind of cuts through the earthiness of the cigar. In a good way or a bad way? Oh, I think I think in a good way. What do you think, Kurt? Pixie sticks. <laughs> Pixie sticks. That's what I picked up when I tasted this. It's like this, super smooth, very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I you could drink, drink a, that all day. Yeah, I could drink a gallon of this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, that would be a party. Yeah, that's very good. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very smooth. Sweet note in there is really, it's not too, it's not too much. It's just the amounts, right to the, right to the wire, I think. The drink, you mean? The drink, yeah. It actually brings out more of a sweet note in the Lancero. Yeah, my, I think it brings out a sweetness. Yep. yep. Um, smoking this Lancero, you get more of the intensity of the tobacco. You get more wood. You get more that cedar note in there. The sweetness, it's just really intensified versus your 660 Gagger. 660 Gagger for me was very smooth. You still get all those tasting notes, but the Lancero, you just get more of that on your palate doesn't bombard it but it intensifies it even more dave yes yeah, it's very focused focused the, uh, the, the prominent taste for me is the cedar now mm -hmm. uh, yeah. i think the drink is uh probably doing a little bit of a play to bring that out i would agree with that i would agree with that um so this is a seven and a half by 38 you know is that the classic lancero size classic Cuban size. Yeah, I believe it is. I believe it is, too. <laughs> what do you think of that? Oh, my goodness. So, Paul, how is how is the Lancero here different from the Gagger to you? So, with this cigar, I'm picking up a lot more cedar notes right off the bat. Um, with the Gagger, it was there, but it was... it. it Played around with a lot of the earthy wood tones. It's more in the background. More in the background. So this is definitely a, a forefront note that I'm getting. Uh, but you still get that earthy notes. That it, with the Gagger, I was getting a little bit more of a mild pepper. Mm -hmm. Not with this cigar at all. It's a very smooth spice. I'm getting that white pepper. Yeah. That is a very interesting difference to me. Mm -hmm. the, the larger ring gauge is more of a black pepper kind of spice whereas you, you know you're absolutely right it's more of a white pepper with this mm -hmm. um, what makes that happen it, is there something that's in the filler tobaccos that's more black pepper and because you're not getting as much of it you're getting more of the the spice from the the wrapper 
I mean, what's how do you go from black to white just because you change the total? I, I can't answer that. You can't answer that. No. No. Top secret. Top secret. <laughs> Paul, can you answer that? The, know, the, uh, the aroma from this is uh, much fuller. The aroma is much uh, stronger on the nose. But uh, what concentrates uh, this to from in white pepper and black? Uh, I can't really give you a good answer on that. Kendra, what are you tasting for differences between the, the gagger and this? Um, yeah, I think I think that I'm picking up more. I didn't get the cedar in the in the gagger. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely getting a lot of that lancero. Um, more earth as well. Mm -hmm. I'm getting more earth and cedar than the, the pepper this time around. Mm -hmm. Those are the two dominant flavors to me. Yeah, the white pepper and the cedar. And the earth. Like pepper for the white pepper for the spice. But the as far as you know, like a flavors go, what's left on my palate, the earth and cedar, it's it's very smooth. Mm. It is very you smooth. Know, um, and again, you know, it it's really it's a it's a maybe medium plus in terms of flavor, but still a very you know, solid medium in terms of strength of the cigar. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, again, here's a cigar where, you know, I don't think it really matters where you are. I mean, Lanceros are kind of more sipping cigars, don't you think? Like, sipping? Like a gentle puffs instead yeah. of, you know, Nick's, you know, inhale <laughs> deeply on and it. hammer it until it's gone <laughs> in five seconds. See, look, at, look at the head on his cigar. <laughs> yeah. I was using the era. It was using the era. Yeah. It's that thing is cherry red. <laughs> it's complete Lancero abuse. Hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, to stick you out like that, Nick. But thanks, boss. I mean, Appreciate it is it. what it is. I mean, hey, everybody who's watching can see it anyway. Leaning ash of. Yeah. It's okay. It's correcting itself. It's okay. And, it, and in this segment, I'll add that I like the hand feel of this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As opposed to this. <laughs> a little yeah. bit more gentle on the digits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys notice there's a lot less smoke in the room right now. Yeah. Mm. Well, we do have blower on. Well, compared to that 60 ring gauge, there seemed to be a lot more smoke involved with smoking those. It did put out a lot of smoke, I'll say that. I mean, we did have to put the blower on. Before the show started, we we figured that out right quick. Mm. Oh my goodness! Now Joe Damaris is on, and he's got a lot of questions. What's what's Joe asking? Uh, he's asking if uh, I blended this cigar specifically versus the sixty ring gauge with a uh, different, uh, you know, amounts of tobacco, which obviously we did, but it does utilize the same tobaccos. Just a completely different ratio. Uh, it's hard to get these Lanceros to draw good, which uh, mm. so, but it's not underfilled. It's still very solid. Oh yeah, definitely. Joe's always got some uh, unique and uh, <clears throat> questions that are basically proprietary, so you can't talk right. about them, right? Yeah, Joe. Yeah, come on, Joe, get with it. All right. <laughs> um, 
Now, Lanceros are one of your favorite sizes, Kurt, right? Why is that? I mean, it's of all the Vitolas that are out there, it's the least selling. You know, it's the one that you can't find in most shops, and yet it's one of your favorite sizes. Why is it one of your favorites? I like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, the way it performs. It does take a little bit of a uh, some finesse to smoke it because if you if you puff it too fast, it gets hot. Doesn't taste good. So you have to learn to smoke a Lancero. But I find once you do, it delivers the best flavor. Definitely the best aroma. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm actually the under over on how many times I say uh is uh, 14. I think I'm <laughs> Apparently I've asked a few stumpers too. So, but I, I like the way this smokes all the way around. Now, this being one of your favorite sizes, you have five lines in, that are out under the 724 umbrella, but only two of those lines have Lanceros. Why, why did you not make Lanceros for all of those lines? Why just the original one? That, that the well, we, we have uh, messed with the blends. Uh, mm-hmm. It tried Lanceros. To try and make a Lancero in that uh, Hustler series is very challenging. Yeah. And the way that burns with the uh, overlay of the second wrapper on top, mm-hmm. uh, it burns a little hot, and uh, that Connecticut from Ecuador tends to overheat. In some cases, if you smoke it like Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little bend going there, buddy. <laughs> I told you it's correct. Your stick has a bend in it. It's just the ash. It's just the ash, my Take friend. That to uh, we have tried it. Uh, I'm not a real fan of the, uh, the WK series, which uses that Ecuadorian Connecticut. It tends to, uh, if you don't smoke it properly, it gets too hot. That mm-hmm. wrapper doesn't hold up as well. So, so really, you know, it was these two blends really lended themselves to making a Lancer, where the others just, because of what they're made of and how they Yeah, perform, not impossible, just... but certainly uh, no, that's the way we went. And like you said, Lancer is probably the slowest selling size in the United States. Right. So you... You don't want to have uh, five Lanceros right now. Mm. Did you yeah. try it on the Factory 57? Yeah, I was going to say have, that. We have. and uh, not saying that that won't be something in the future. So there's, it's possible. No, it's possible. It's possible. Everything's it's possible. are changing in this industry. And uh, fortunately, uh, with some of the rulings that uh, we had to deal with uh, last year aren't necessarily in effect today. Mm-hmm. We can uh, come out with some new products, uh, which we do have coming out soon. Mm. Interesting. Maybe even this month. Now, if you look on the table, if if you're watching, you see that we have some extra stuff on the table here. We have some antiques from the 724 history out on the table. You want to talk a little bit about these, Kurt? Sure. Uh, One of the reasons why this brand came back to the market was uh, my fascination with antiques and collecting advertising. Uh, I, I Fascination's learned a, a very, that's a very PC way of putting it. It is yes. very, 
I'm surrounded <laughs> by antiques, and uh, in my home and my business, uh, I I have a big passion for collecting advertising memorabilia from gas and oil to cigars, tobacco, soda, etc. And uh, as I collected, I started discovering some of the 724 memorabilia, and putting some of this memorabilia. This is one of the first pieces I got was this uh, green glass ashtray. It's a Vaseline glass. It's a very... What is Vaseline glass? Or is it glass that had Vaseline in it? Is that no. What it's... No. Uh, <laughs> not for a different show. <laughs> oh. uh, see, there's... There's, uh, uh, <laughs> there's probably four different variations of that original green ashtray yeah, from I the white. 30s. Yeah. I got a red one. Uh, some old cigar boxes from uh, going back as early as 1905. Wow. And uh, it's my fascination with collecting that is what part of the reason what that sparked the interest of bringing the brand back mm. and uh, learning all the history from Manchester, New Hampshire, where we're located. And, you know, the R.G. Sullivan was a great man. He was a... Uh, very well respected in the, in our in, in our uh, community, and uh, I just thought it'd be a good idea to bring it back. This box here, yeah, I'm very interested. It's in a that, but... Christmas box. Every year they'd have a different Christmas variation. Mm -hmm. It was uh, decorated for Christmas, which we haven't duplicated, but uh, I always found why, that very. Yeah, it's a wooden box. This one's uh, early. It's a very, I mean, there's so much detail on that yeah. box. It's amazing. And what's the, what was the cover for? Did that come in there to, to show off the cigars? Or? Yeah, so if you had the, uh, the cigars in a retail environment, this would have went over the top. It would keep the lid open. But you'd still be able to see the cigars being displayed. So you would open this up, oh, help yourself cool. to a cigar, put it back down. It was a point of sale from early. That's very cool. That's yeah, cool. That is very cool. But that box over there has mm -hmm. the uh, the cursive font 724. That was uh, the logo they actually used prior to this building being built. Mm which I believe opened in uh, 1905. And at their high point, they were making 80 million cigars a year. Yeah, they claim to be the largest manufacturer of 10-cent cigars in the world and uh, advertising making as many as 80 million cigars a year. It's interesting, you know, I, um, Placencia, who makes, you know, most of the cigars for you now, right? They're one of the, the biggest people on the planet when it comes to cigars. They own, what, 70% of the tobacco <laughs> that's out there to make cigars with. Factories on, you know, multiple, you know, on multiple countries. And they make cigars for 40 different brands, including themselves. And they do 40 million a year. Yeah, imagine that. It's, right out of it's, uh, it's Manchester, New Hampshire. There's a 724, I mean, a seven-story factory that still stands today. Mm. It's a, a landmark, beautiful building. I've been fortunate enough to be in it. Mm -hmm. We actually made a series of cigars for the current owner of the building. 
in which uh, I delivered the cigars to the 724 factory, <laughs> which was uh, very emotional, walking sure. in there and looking up uh, the old beams and the wooden floors and yeah. delivering these 724 cigars. It's uh, That's quite awesome. an honor. That's awesome. Paul, you have some news for us tonight, do you not? I do. So last week, I had nothing but bad news to report. <laughs> Hope you got some good news this time. Yeah, we could use some good news. Well, in the spirit of Christmas. All right. In the spirit of Christmas. Santa Claus is coming to town. Thank you, Dave. Yes. And the fact that our fearless leader is sitting with us tonight. Wow. I have nothing but good news to report. <laughs> All right. 724 Cigars, Kurt Kendall, and 113 founder, Joe Torres, collaborate for a limited edition cigar. Club Humidor from San, Diego, San Antonio, Texas, home to the boutique brand 113, started by Joe Torres, has teamed up with 724 Cigar to create an exclusive blend. This 100% Nicaraguan Puro comes in a 6x52 size and features a Habano Jalapa wrapper and binder and fillers from Condega, Jalapa, and Esteli. Wow. Hailing from the Placencia factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, there are only 10,000 cigars in production and 3,000 currently available for purchase exclusively at Club Humidor. This blend comes in a 10-count boxes, is presented in the newly redesigned 724-1874 series package, and branded with the Gothic-style 113 logo, quote-unquote. 724, 1874, 113. That's a lot of numbers, says Kurt Kendall, owner of 724 Cigar. Each cigar sports a sleek 113-foot band setting it apart from the original 1874 series. Kendall says this blend is something to look forward to and expresses his enthusiasm for 113's incorporation of his vintage 1874 series. Although this limited size release was initially available only at Club Humidor, Dave. Kurt is making this cigar available here at Twin Smoke Shop later this week. See it isn't so. All right. So is it one of your goals in life to make a cigar that has all you know, zero to nine numbers in the name of the cigar. Uh, You're getting close. <laughs> yeah, we do use a lot of numbers. <laughs> I think we left out Factory 57, mm. which is the designation on the bottom of all these antique boxes where the text designation, yep. Factory 57. So we do have a lot of numbers, too many numbers. But... <laughs> What are we going to do? Uh, I, I guess just smoke them. Yeah, smoke, smoke them if you got them. Yeah. Yeah, those cigars will be available this week at Twin Smoke Shop in New Hampshire. One size, 10-count box. It is truly our first rich, full-bodied cigar we've ever made. And uh, I teamed up with Joe Torres and Keith Rumbo to make this uh, limited edition blend for their shop. Now, who who is Joe Torres? You want to tell us a little bit about who he is? Give him a little shout-out there. Yeah, Joe Torres, a good friend of mine. He's uh, He works for Keith Rumbo in San Antonio at mm -hmm. Club Humidor. I believe they have five, like, really quality 
uh, I, I consider them quality retailers. So they have five really nice stores, and uh, they approached me last year to uh, create a unique blend and uh, series for them. That had to be an honor. It was an honor. And uh, I asked them if they would mind uh, if we shared this unique experience and we could both offer them in our retail stores. And I, I'm assuming he said yes. I hope he did. <laughs> <laughs> Too late for that. We're gonna have to, Kendra, we're going to have to come up with a special parent for that. I was thinking out. that when you were announcing it. Yeah, that's that's that has to be that has to be something we take another three a.m. epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So how did how did that collaboration come about? Like, what made you guys start thinking, "Hey, Kurt, you want to make me a cigar?" Well, we've worked hey, together you know. on other other uh, promotions <laughs> in their store. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, part of a car show and you know try to come up with unique ideas to do promotions in store. So mm -hmm. you know throughout the time that we've got to know each other and we became good friends he thought it would uh be a hit if we collaborated together and made a special cigar just for them now have they had the cigar already or has covid like everything else affected them well too? covid did affect the release of the cigar which was supposed to be out in july mm -hmm. but wow. they did get it about a month ago mm -hmm. uh offered in San Antonio only exclusively, and uh, I wanted them to have an, op have an opportunity to offer it prior to uh, us having it in New Hampshire. Do you know how that's been received out there? It's been received very well. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's what's the rationale, Kurt, between, uh, behind these special releases that are like, here's a cigar that you can only get at this store or in this chain? I mean, what you know when when you're when you're a national brand, and we know lots of people do. Saka does it. Um, I know that you know Roma Craft is famous for doing that too. Lots of places make cigars that you can only get one place. And for people who are fans of that brand, you know, it's like, ah, how do I get that? I mean, what's what's the rationale but behind doing these small small runs that are only available in limited places well consumers nowadays want what's new mm -hmm. they want something unique they're always asking usually when they walk in the door what's new they come to a trade show what's new yep so to create a little uh, unique buzz and uh product we come up with a uh unique product that they can buy only uh in one place or two you know and people that want it or are clamoring for it, all they have to do is get on the keyboard or pick up the phone mm. and make it happen. That's very cool. Now, have have you done any other collaborations with, with uh, other stores or cigar places before? Or is this your no, first? No, this is my first one with a retail store. Mm. You know, the other collaboration I did do was with uh, GYK Antler Company, which... Uh, <laughs> is the company that owns the 724 factory okay so i made them a unique cigar and uh that's a large marketing company and they've used that over the years uh, for promotion and marketing for their company mm. his goal is to keep his building famous yeah so we're doing our best we do it we we are communicating and talking with a few other people right now to mm. 
do uh, other collaborations and now that things have changed in the uh, premium cigar environment mm-hmm. we will have an opportunity to do so oh that's awesome. awesome now you know one of the you know you've you've seen Hammer Sickles Kalanok cigar that comes in that nice plaid <laughs> you know sleeve or whatever have have you ever thought about doing a collaboration with Dixon to come out idea. with a, a flannel, a flannel cigar <laughs> like that comes out at Christmas? Right, that'd be you know, awesome. You put it right in a there. stocking stuffer. Yeah. Call it the Hey Now. Ooh. <laughs> see, little uh, communication goes a long way, but uh, yeah, see, we, we are in communication we with. <laughs> We are talking to Dixon right now. Uh, Dixon not, staff shirts for everyone. Yes. Uh, we're not talking to them about a cigar right now, but we are communicating with them about something else. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. But don't you think the little cigar sock thing would be a cool idea? I think it would be uh, very, yeah. very, very Very festive. Yeah, festive. You know, stocking stuffer. Green and red. 2021. 2021. That's it. There's always hope, people. <laughs> Next year has to be better than this, this year, right? Uh, we hope. Good. <laughs> yeah, 2021 is going to be our 15th year of having this brand back out of the market. So, mm, uh, yeah, we have some interesting projects in the works. That's awesome. All right. that That's a good lead-in, I think, to my uh, would-you-rather question. There we go. For tonight. And uh, tonight, the would you rather question is, uh, and, and uh, Kendra, we'll start with you. Would you rather have flannel sheets or flannel pajamas? Ooh. Pajamas. <laughs> pajamas. Pajamas. Flannel pajamas. Um, I'm saying why. Yeah, um, why? I really think that, I don't know, I guess, I guess with, um, sheets i feel like you could get like more sweaty mm. that makes sense yeah. i don't know unless yeah. your house is pretty cold then the flannel sheets would definitely come in handy i'm i'm more apt to to wear really comfortable um cozy pajamas mm-hmm. because i also don't sleep well so i tend to like travel around my house <laughs> i'll go from my bedroom to the couch to the spare bedroom it's, so oh, I think boy. it's better to wear my coziness. <laughs> At two o'clock in the morning, Take when you're trying to think about another drink, you. that's when I do my best work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, I don't wear pajamas, <laughs> and I'll stop yeah. right. I'll stop right. Yeah. I'll stop don't right there. Else. I'll stop uh, right there. Would you rather have yes. flannel pajamas or flannel sheets? I think my answer is going to be sheets, my friend. Sheets. Sheets. Yes. Sheets. I have flannel sheets. You have flannel sheets. I do have flannel sheets that we wear that we sleep in in the wintertime. Do, yes. do you sweat a lot? No, I do not. You do not. He's do not, not wearing anything. That's I right. Do not. <laughs> free bird. He's a free man. He's a free man. We don't have to ask Kurt all his sheets and Everything. Yeah, it's well, Dixon everything. They special made it for him. <laughs> Dixon. I take all my old Dixon shirts and I make my own sheets. <laughs> a patchwork flannel. Uh, I, patchwork like Paul, flannel. like to uh, sleep Let without pajamas. Yeah. 
and I, I have enjoyed flannel sheets in the past. It's a guy thing. In the past. I don't have any right now. Just silk sheets? Silky sheets. Silky sheets. But I do like climbing it's under. Got, it's, it's got 10,000 10, count. And, uh, so you're more, I if you had to choose, skin. if you had to choose, you would choose the sheets. If I had to choose, it would be the sheets. Yes. Nick, do you have to please ask? don't make me regret this. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you rather have flannel pajamas or flannel sheets? Well, it definitely wouldn't be pajamas. Why? Because I What's don't. What's wrong with pajamas? I don't wear any pajamas either. Uh, oh, okay. It'd be the sheets. <laughs> it'd be the sheets. It'd be the sheets. It'd be the sheets. Be just because you don't wear pajamas. Um, that and. It gets kind of cold at night in my house, so I think why, the flint because I have an open concept in my house, and it's very hard to keep my house hot. So, the flannel sheets would come in handy. Heat it up under the sheets. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's kind of cold in the chicken coop, so I'd rather have. Dave. Um, oh, I, I currently, that's the only sheets I use are flannel sheets. I love flannel sheets. You love flannel sheets. Do you wear, do you use flannel sheets in the summer? I use flannel sheets in the summer. Really? You're hardcore. Well, I don't, I, I, I still have yet to turn the heat on in my apartment and it's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, with your boys, you know, practically burning the place down. Yeah. You don't need the heat. You got that great smoked feeling going on. And it's, and it's, and it's not, it's not a money thing either. It's literally just because there's so much heat generated throughout the building. I just, I just haven't had to turn it on. Yeah. But, uh, it's like, uh, um, I just, I just leave it on. I like sleeping. I like a cold room with really thick blankets, you know? Yeah. I can identify with that. I would I would take the I would take the sheets as a matter of uh, uh, necessity. The heat's included in my apartment too, so it's not. Yeah, well, he, we he's, not, he's not included in my house, and even when I pay for it, it seems like it's not included. <laughs> <laughs> my house was built in 1780, uh, and so you know, three seasons out of the year, it's fantastic, and then winter time comes, and you're like, oh my gosh. Newspaper insulation. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there's some 724 stuff hidden in the walls of my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but at least you have a fireplace in almost every I do room. have fireplaces. That's true. Yes, yeah, but you know, it is it is really nice to get under some flannel sheets. Absolutely. In the wintertime, there's nothing, nothing like getting under those nice warm sheets. Yeah. <clears throat> You got a you got a fireplace in your kitchen. You got a fireplace in your den. You got a fireplace in your outside. A little barrier there. Oh, it's beautiful. Outside. I don't have a fireplace outside. Well, it's you know in the uh, the porch, I guess you call it or whatever. Well, it's, it's, I mean, there's the back of it. So, there's the back of it. We have one of those beehive ovens. Oh yeah. One of the porches and that comes out into our screened-in porch. You know, and. Um, that might be something we try and do this winter is actually cook something in the beehive oven. I'm coming over for that. That would be that would be really interesting to do. We've been talking too about having a uh, uh, not just blowing smoke show from from my smoking room oh. in the house. There's I do have a room that I'm allowed to smoke in in the winter time. 
very guys grateful to my wife for letting me do flannel that. Flannel pajamas for everyone. Flannel yeah. Pajamas for everyone. Yes. <laughs> Little 724 flannel cigars. Well, it'd be flannel, real easy now that we have jammies. the headsets. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. It would be easy. Would the postmaster come to the house? Sure. He'll bring the drinks. <laughs> Sweaters and boots. That's right. I think mm-hmm. Mike Bellity has uh, flannel pajamas with like dollar bills printed on them. <laughs> <laughs> like Richie Rich. So, oh, my goodness. All right. So what is the final verdict here on the uh, 724-1874 Lancero? Dave, go. Uh, it's the cedars continue to be prominent. I definitely think Kendra was right by saying it's a contrasting pairing. Um, I'm enjoying the drink as much as I'm enjoying the cigar. I'll take a drag from the cigar and go for the drink. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Nick. Cigar is great. Love the Lancero. <laughs> a lot of cedar. Nice sweet note. Really intense. Not 100% hooked on that drink. After a while, after a while, that sweetness just gets to me. It, it's the first couple of sips was really refreshing. But after a while, it just kind of kills the palate a little bit. It's that sweetness just really gets to my palate. The bourbon, I could drink that all day. Mm-hmm. But this, I could probably be one and done. I, I wouldn't be able to drink that all day. The sweetness just kind of cuts through everything for me. Well, for me, the cedar on this cigar just has been increasing and increasing as it's gone down. Um, cedary, smooth. The, the earthiness is still there, but it's gotten more into the background. Maybe that's partly because of the drink, too. But I'm enjoying the pairing very much. I think this incredibly is- well. <laughs> I think the sweetness is bringing out more of the cedar and putting some of the earth maybe into the background. I love the retro on the cigar. Um, and I'm looking around. Everybody but Nick's cigar has been smoking great. <laughs> it's it's it smoking is. great. I told you. I, it corrected it. I uh-huh. lit it wrong. It's okay. Uh-huh. It's fine. Uh-huh. Oh, God. I've been sipping it. I it's okay. Smoke this cigar in six As Dave watch. would say, you're dragging out of too fast. <laughs> dragging me. Just dragging it. You're ruining your pairing, Nick. You're ruining the pairing. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. Kurt, do you think the drink was uh, too sweet? No, I enjoyed it. You know, I, it's not something I would sip on all night, but it's good for uh, after dinner or, you know, with a, a cigar and a nice full belly. And I enjoyed it. I just popped that Luxardo cherry in my mm, mouth, mm. and I don't know if you guys have done that. And uh, then smoked. It's. I wish I had another one. Really? Uh, I can do that right now. What, yep. give me I, your cherry or? Pop that cherry. No, I'm going to pop my own cherry. <laughs> Paul. Oh, that's sweet. I think the, tr- uh, the pairing is... <laughs> Thank you. I think the pairing has been fantastic. I really do. I think it's pulling out a lot more of the seated notes for me. Oh, wow. um, it's been an absolutely flavorful, smooth smoke. I uh, absolutely agree with the cedar being the prominent oh. note, uh, a little bit of earthy wood tones. Just a very, very flavorful cigar. This has been incredible. Potion Master. So first of all, 
sausage rope. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. First of all, how about these bougie glasses? Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm in uh, the Civil War with these glasses. Perk to see these tonight because I think we need to have these in the lounge. Um, oh, these are from your stash. Yeah, yeah they don't get mu- much action in my house, so I figured I'd bring them tonight. But I absolutely love them. Um, the pairing to me is it's very buttery, like mm. almost like pound cake. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, definitely balancing the earthiness with the cigar but i think the cigar is giving it this like butteriness um the the drink where it started out to be more chocolate now it's kind of like cakey Mm. which is enjoyable um i don't typically like a sweet drink and so i kind of understand where nick is going with this yeah i don't think i could have two of them but but i think it does work well with a with a cedar earthy cigar for sure yes that cherry really changed the retro hail for me. I don't yeah. Know. I can see why you wanted another cherry. That was really good. Yeah. That went incredible with the cigar. But incredibly well. <laughs> incredibly well. <clears throat> Just can't catch a break. I concur. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, my goodness. It was very municipal. A little bit. <laughs> and that's one for the bank. Oh, stop it with that, please. Mm-hmm. Guys, guys are going to never live that down. No, probably not. So, between the two cigars, the Gagger and Lancero, Damn. was there one that you liked more than the other? And, and why? And, and now, that doesn't, in saying that, I'm not saying, you know, which cigar sucked. They were both great cigars in their own way. But, you know, where do you stand on, you know, how your experience of the tobacco, you know, and maybe mouth feel, hand feel, which which cigar did you end up preferring? Which would you go back to more likely than the other? For me, it would definitely be the Lancero. I felt like the, uh, the flavors were definitely more pronounced. Uh, the cedar being more pronounced, um, for me, made it more enjoyable. Um, the uh, I think just the even the natural um, smell of the aroma of the cigar was better for me. Uh, yeah, I would definitely go for the Lancero again. Nick, Lancero, Lancero. Even though you're I, a sixty I'm ring a gauge, guy. seventy ring gauge, eighty ring gauge guy. Yeah, give me the, a sausage, light it up. You want absolutely. the Lancero? I want the Lancero. The Lancero. This, 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 this is Lancero. Thera. Is a Lancero. Um, <laughs> even though the 60 was very pleasant, very smooth, very subtle, but the Lancero packs that flavor, and that's what you want in this 1874. I think in, in most of Kurt's um, sizes, the smaller ring gauges are where the flavor is at. You want to really taste what Kurt is trying to blend in those cigars. You want a smaller ring gauge. That's where it shines, in my opinion. The Corona Gorda Hustler... The Coronas, the Lanceros, it—that's it, where Kurt's blends shine for me. That's so sweet of you to say. Oh, thank you. Trying try not to get fired on the show. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing good, Nick. Thank I you. Think appreciate. You'll be able to come back tomorrow. All right. Um, 
We are. I, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to land. Well, I definitely enjoyed the like Lancero. The <laughs> <laughs> I like the rich smoke and flavor that this produced. Mm-hmm. I think it went well with the uh, sweeter cocktail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna really mess things up and pour the rest of my oh boy old there, we there we go because gonna, i think this cocktail would have really shined with uh a little less sweetness mm-hmm. but i did enjoy it uh, th- them together Woo. <laughs> let's see if you can still talk after you have a sip of that yeah what do you think oh wow is it good that's yeah, really good oh my Paul, I love a cigar that has a great cedar flavor, mm-hmm. and this cigar absolutely that Lancero absolutely delivers without mm-hmm. a doubt. Uh, the, in the Gagger, you're getting a little bit of cedar flavor, but it's a little bit more of a background player. Right. This is without a doubt more pronounced, and mm-hmm. uh, I really love this. And again, I'm a Toro guy for right. the most part, but I would get this no no doubt. Excellent. Kendra, I'm thinking you would say Lancero because you've actually smoked it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are right. There's definitely more flavor in the Lancero, um, but I I think that I would go for the Lancero over the Gagger more because of the the size the ease and feel. Of, of smoking it. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. me, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm gonna concur with with everybody here. You know, I I, think I concur. The Lancero's flavors are more intense, and I think the the cedar notes are, you know, very forward on the Lancero. I really enjoy that a lot, and so this would probably be the cigar I'd go to. Now, again, you know, both cigars were very, very enjoyable, you know, um, but uh, this is more my profile. This is, you know, and I enjoy... I enjoy the, I enjoy the 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 sipping, you know, sipping experience of a Lancero, where you're you're really kind of more gently puffing at it, and uh, you know people look at these things and they think, oh, why would I pay ten bucks, eleven bucks for that? That's just a little bit of tobacco there. But if you smoke it right, it's still a good long smoke. And you get so much flavor out of it. And these are not easy to make. I mean, we, we didn't talk about that at all. Lanceros, you know, not only are they not really popular with people for whatever reason, but they're also very difficult to make. Uh, you, can, you can make mistakes with where the tobacco goes and how it's made in, in, a, in a ring gauge like a 60, like the Gagger, but you really have no room for error in a Lancero. There just isn't enough space to make mistakes. And so to have a cigar that draws wet right, that burns right, and tastes right, takes a lot of talent uh, to roll. So it, and it's, am I right? It's the more experienced rollers who make these Yes, too. absolutely. There's only a couple of rollers that make these in the factory. I think this Lancero really hit him with the hind. Yeah. It's, it's it's a fantastic fantastic cigar all right now next week we are going to be doing our christmas episode featuring christmas pipes and holiday cocktails there's your heads up 
<laughs> Potion Master. And we are going to be smoking the uh, Kendall Torres 724, 1874, 113 cigar. That is a mouthful. That is a very long name. You couldn't have just called it the, the Kendall Torres or something? KT, KT Toro. It had to be the... 724, 1874, 113. Yes. What number isn't in there? Five? Five. Nine, fifty-seven. Five, nine, and three. That's it. So almost every number is in there, people. But we're going to be smoking that cigar next week on the show that is uh, available really in two places. At uh, Tor- What's the name of his shop again? Club That's Humidor. Club Humidor. Club Humidor San Antonio. In, in San Antonio, Texas. And at Twin Smoke Shops. Uh, in New Hampshire, both the um, London Dairy and Hooksit stores will have those cigars. Yeah, that'll be a Friday release. Friday? I'm looking forward to that, man. That's going to be good. And then for our uh, Christmas uh, pipe tobacco, we're going to be smoking something from Eric Stokeby, his uh, fourth generation morning blend. <clears throat> it's a new bulk from uh, Eric Stokeby, and uh, we're looking forward to that. And make sure you follow us on facebook.com forward slash NJBS podcast and at Not Just Brewing Smoke on Instagram so that you don't ever miss a thing. <clears throat> Thanks for being with us tonight, people. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, with Kurt, us. For thank you me, very Kurt. much. The shout out to Jeff Pitchell, who uh, plays the theme song to this show, uh, Fat Cigars. Good yes. friend, We're talented so musician. It's an awesome song. It's perfect for the show, too. Yep. It's great. Thanks for being with us, guys. We'll see you next week. That's not just blowing smoke. Another day, another smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at not just blowing smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking on a fancy guard.